הריני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו ולכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדושים בשבארת המה. ובבחד לרבנו הקדוש, צדיק יסוד עולם נחן, נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן ופגם שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן נאומן זכותו תגן עלינו על כל ישראל אמן. So ברוך השם, today we're going to do two lessons in ניקוטי מוהרן תניאנה, תורה מ"ו, תורה 46 and 47, מ"ז as well. מ"ו. מסירת נפש יש לכל אחד ואחד מישראל בכל יום ובכל שעה. Soul sacrifice, meaning to give up one's soul, to sacrifice one's soul, exists for every single Jew, בכל יום, at any, at any day, ובכל שעה, and at any single given moment. Rabbeinu is saying, a person can sacrifice his soul, literally any single day he wants to, any moment. There's, there exists soul sacrifice at any single moment, literally. As we're going to see how now. For example, when a person gives money, his money to charity, this is an aspect of soul sacrifice, Rabbeinu is saying. Now he's going to prove it. Money is the soul. Money symbolizes the soul. How do we know this? Or it's likened to the soul. Because it's brought down in Dvarim. Chapter 24. That what? He gives his soul for it. That when a person goes to earn his money, he's giving his soul for that money. Meaning this person who is sacrificing and giving over his soul with struggles and dangers before he earns a profit of money. And afterwards, and afterwards he takes that money that he's, that, he, that he's given after all those struggles and those difficulties. And then he gives it for the sake of God. For example, to charity. And he's doing a mitzvah with it. Behold, he's sacrificing his soul. Because if you're earning the money and you're putting your soul in danger for it, then when you're giving a money, it's literally that uh, you're giving your soul away. It's a soul sacrifice. And also with regard to prayer, it's brought down the Midrash and Elam in the Zohar Kadosh, Parashat Chayi Sarah, page 220, uh, 124b, over there. It brings down that tefillah, prayer, is also an aspect of soul sacrifice. Why? It says in the verse, For your sake we are slain all day long. For your, for your sake, God, we are killed all day long. What does it mean we are killed all day long? It's an aspect of soul sacrifice. You're sacrificing your soul for God. This is an idea of what? It's the idea. It's brought down in Tehidim. It's the idea of Rabbi, uh, the Zohar HaKadosh is saying his prayer. Because a person needs to, to put in tremendous toiling and uh, great effort. And uh, it's a great battle with all a person's thoughts and confusions. And a person must um, set out plots and strategies to escape and to flee from those immoral thoughts. So going to, going to pray is also an aspect of going to battle. And this is also... <laughs> soul sacrifice. And upon this it says, um, As you saw in the verse in Tehidim, for your sake we are slain all day. As we see in the Midrash HaNe'elam, that prayer is also an aspect of sacrificing one's soul. So we see the result of all these two proofs Rabban was specifically bringing, is that this is, that we see that there is an aspect of soul sacrifice that occurs to each and every Jew, every single day, and in fact, at any moment. Behold, there's many other actions that a person can do in which a person is putting his soul um, at stake. And behold, that 
all those obstacles. No, all those obstacles that each and every person has when he comes to serve God. Blessed be he. For example, when a person tries to travel to the true tzaddik, or when he engages in traveling to the true tzaddik, and the likes of these mitzvot that we're talking about. And to each and every person, Rabbeinu is setting it out, the bar for us already. He's telling us that what? Each and every person is in such a, a realm of problems and he has so many obstacles that he thinks no one else is struggling with the obstacles that he has. Rabbeinu is saying that it seems to this person that his obstacles are greater than his friend's obstacles. And it's so difficult to withstand these obstacles. Da. Rabbeinu tells us, no, for this person who's engaged in this scenario, Rabbeinu tells us something huge. He says that what? That you must believe and you have to know, you have to know this, that each and every person only has the obstacles that he has according to his capabilities. God does not send you a test and an obstacle that is too big for you to overcome. The only obstacles that are sent to you are the ones that you're able to endure and to handle. If the person wants to even fight it. And now Rabbeinu really hits us with the, with the real line here that he's talking about. With the real message. The truth is, Rabbeinu says, There is no such thing as an obstacle. Because within the obstacle itself, God is enclosed over there. He's garbed within the obstacle. He's hidden over there. As we see in lesson 115 of Likut over there, when it says Moshe entered the mist, and there, um, uh, and he found God over there. He found Hashem over there. Meaning God exists within the mist whenever Within within the darkness, whenever it's whenever it's tight, whenever there's a test, when there's an obstacle, God is specifically there. So Rabbanu is saying, if God is there, then the obstacle isn't there. There's no such thing as an obstacle; it's just an illusion. The only reason why we call it an obstacle is because we don't have the in the da'at, as Rabbanu says in that lesson. We don't have the da'at. We don't have the consciousness to recognize that God is in the test. But if we did, then it wouldn't be considered a test at all. And Rabbanu tells us the, the greatest obstacle of all obstacles is the obstacle that has to do with the mind. Meaning when a person's mind and his heart are divided from God or concerning the tzaddik or traveling to the tzaddik. Because even when a person breaks those obstacles that he has when he wants to travel to the, tz- the true tzaddik, and he gets there, Im with all that being said, when his mind is divided, and he has questions concerning the tzaddik, and he has crookedness in his heart regarding the tzaddik, now he starts to have doubts whether the tzaddik is even the tzaddik, whether there is even the importance of the tzaddik, all this stuff, whatever questions a person might have. This obstacle in itself is the greatest obstruction from all the other ones. The same is true with regard to prayer. Rabbanu says the same is true of prayer. At the beginning when you have obstacles about prayer and afterwards you actually overcome all the obstacles and you go to pray and you're in prayer. But what happens? When your heart is crooked, it's turned away from God. This obstacle is the greatest one of all of them. Even though you broke the first obstacles, the greatest obstacle lies at the end. 
And that's the obstacle when you're in the actual act. My heart is dazed or my heart is surrounded. Targum Saviv. And the Aramaic, um, uh, what do you call it? As it's in the verse in Tehilim, which means days are surrounded, is the Aramaic word. But David Amach uses the Aramaic word. Why does he use the Aramaic word? He should have used my heart is saviv, it's surrounded. But here David Amach uses the word sechachar. Why? Sechachar is the word sechor, sechor, round and round. Meaning his heart has things, evil forces surrounding it, going round and round the heart. Meaning his heart is surrounded, it's enveloped, it's twisted, it's crooked with all these questions, these heresies upon God. This is, this is what is brought down in Shemot chapter 1. That it says about the Egyptians that they made, that they made their lives, they made the lives of the Jewish people bitter with difficult work. With, with kushia, with questions. And Arabin was saying, what? what did they mean with kushia, with questions? What did they mean that they bitter their, the Jewish people's lives with questions? Meaning what? That the Jewish people were overcome with questions in their hearts. Which is the greatest obstacle of all. And when a person is overcome and troubled by all these difficulties within a person's heart and mind, what must he do? He needs to scream to his Father in Heaven with a strong voice from the depths of the heart. And then God listens to your voice and He turns to your scream. And it can be from this scream in itself. That from from that crying out from the depths of your heart, all the questions, all the obstacles that you have within your heart are completely nullified. And Rabbeinu teaches us that what? In any single given circumstance, Hashem listens to your voice. This is the salvation. This is the ultimate salvation. Because when we know that God's listening to our voice, then we will really pray. The only problem why we don't really put our kavanah in prayer is because we don't believe Hashem is really listening to us. Now Rabbeinu is going to give us a chidush. The most amazing novelty. Kushia. The word which means difficulty that is brought down the Zohar, that they, the Egyptians made the Jewish people's lives bitter with difficulty, meaning the, the difficulty we talked about that exists within the heart and the mind of a person, which are the greatest difficulties of all. If you take the word kusha, which means difficulty, question. Kuf, shin, yud, alef, rashet, evot. This word, this word is an acronym. Or the we're going to see that this word um, is the acronym for the phrase Shema Hashem Koli Ekha. Shema Hashem, Koli Ekha. God, listen. God, oh, listen to my voice when I call out. Shema Hashem, Koli Ekha. When I call out, God, listen to my voice. Shema Hashem, Koli Ekha. Take the first letters. You have Shin of Shema, Yud of Yud Kei of the name of Hashem, the Kuf of Koli, and the Aleph of Ekha. And you have, mix them around, you have Kushia, question. Meaning what? That when a person is engaged and not even engaged, when a person is overcome by the questions of his heart, the only thing you can do is call out to God. It says in the verse, listen to my voice, God, when I call out. All you can do is call out to Hashem when you're overcome with these difficulties. Whenever you're overcome by all these questions and these heresies. And we said above, and this is similar. 
This is similar to what we say in the name of the Bar Shem Tov HaKadosh. Zecher Tzadik V'Kadosh Livracha. May the memory of this Tzadik be, um, may the memory of this Holy Tzadik be a blessing. Mashal. Let's bring the parable of what they say in the name of the Bar Shem Tov. That a king left a great treasure house in a single in a place. And using the power of illusion, he placed many different walls surrounding that castle, surrounding that treasure house. And these people came and encountered these walls. It seemed to them as if they were really, really walls. It's difficult to break them. Some of them turned back immediately when they saw those walls. They were discouraged. And some broke the first wall. And they came to the second wall, but they couldn't break it. And some of them broke even more walls, but they couldn't break the rest. Until the son of the king came. And he said, I know that all these walls are actually just using the power of illusion. And the truth is, there's actually no wall at all. The halach, and he went, and he proceeded confidently. Until he overcame all these obstacles, all these walls. And that's the parable of the Basham of a beautiful parable. But now Rabban is going to explain the depth. And from this uh, parable, we can understand, or the intelligent person will understand the parable on his own. With regard to all the obstacles, the lures, the enticements, which are the aspects of walls, which surround that treasure house. And what's the treasure house? The fear of heaven, Rabbeinu says. As it says in the verse, that the fear of God is his treasure house. So the fear of heaven is a treasure house. All these walls are all these obstacles that surround the treasure house, preventing a person from attaining true fear of God. Awe of Hashem. That the truth is, these walls are actually inexistent. And the main thing is what? Have a strong and courageous heart. And then you will have no obstacles. And even the obstacles that occur in Gashmiut, in the material realm. For example, with, whether it's with regard to money. Or whether it's your wife your children, your father-in-law, your own father, your own mother that are preventing you from attaining holiness or whatever you want. Like I would say, etc., etc., whatever the situation is. All these people will be completely nullified. They will cease to exist in front of the heart of this person who is strong and courageous for God. And even the strength of those actual mighty men and as we saw in the lesson previously, in one of the few lessons previously, um, go to lesson um, 43 of the Antiniano, just f- uh, four lessons behind. Um, over there, Rabenu teaches us that what? The only reason why mighty people exist is because they have that strength and might within their heart. True mightiness, true strength is within the heart. That this person has a strong heart, more than all the rest, to run into the thick of battle, as it's brought in the, in the holy books. Look in lesson 249 of the Kutum Moran, and uh, as we just saw, lesson 43 of uh, the Kutum Moran Tinyana. And that's the first lesson.
Ba'uch Hashem. May we have the merit to apply this most amazing lesson and to really, really cry out to Hashem whenever um, we're overcome by those difficulties and to have a strong heart to serve Hashem to nullify all the obstacles that stand before us. Torah Mem Zayin. Sakanak Dolar Torah. teaches us it's a very great danger to teach a Torah lesson. And a person to give a Torah lesson needs to toil very much and he needs great mastery. To be able to weigh one's words in order that he should not hear or that each and every person shouldn't hear um, according to um, only what he needs to hear. Meaning, so that each and every person who's listening there to, to him and each and every person who's in the audience only hears what he needs to hear, and not more. Loyotech, not more. And even though everyone listens to the entire Torah that this person is saying, nonetheless, they're all listening to the same lesson. A person needs to really, really weigh his words so that literally each and every person only hears what he's able to hear, when he needs to hear. What he needs to hear alone. And not more, not less. And even though they're the same words to each and every person, the same words are entering the ears of each and every single person. Nonetheless, there's a way in which the words only enter when, they, when they're necessary, when they're not, that they don't really um, hit the brain in the way that uh, the other words that are necessary do. And it's brought down in the Pasuk, in the first verse of Parashat Yitro, the Zohar HaKadosh asks, didn't the entire world hear the, about the miracles of uh, the, the war of Amalek and the splitting of the sea? Why did only Yitro? Why did it say Yitro Shema? It says, Yitro heard. Why only Yitro? Yitro Shema, it says in the Zohar. Ki rak shmiyat Yitro nechshav because now Rabban was explaining. Because it's only the listening of Yitro. Yitro's hearing alone is considered hearing. Only Yitro's listening was considered hearing. That it actually entered his ears, these miracles. And the listening of the entire world wasn't considered listening at all. Meaning, in the same way that we mentioned above, that only the words that are necessary to each and every person should enter their, their ears. And the rest won't be considered listening at all. So we see this with Yitro. And one who is not able to give a Torah lesson in this aspect, Rabban says, it is forbidden for him to give a Torah. It's forbidden for him to give a Torah lesson. Because each and every person, when he comes to the tzaddik to listen to a Torah, the evil within the, that person also comes to the tzaddik. It's not only the good parts that are coming to the tzaddik, it's also your ba- the bad parts. Meaning the evil forces that were created through the sins that you did. God forbid. And Rabbeinu says that evil within you are the ones who crowd people. Um, and they cause confusion and disarray. A great disarray at the time when the Torah is being given. That evil within each and every person um, wants to confuse everything, wants to confuse the entire Torah lesson. So those people sometimes that go to the lessons and stuff like that and make confusion and call out and do all these sort of things that, that disarray the entire lesson as a whole are considered the, the 
they are the symbol of what is that bad within you that's going to the Torah lesson and that's actually confusing the tzaddik who's giving the lesson over. And giving the lesson, confusing the lesson as a whole over. This is what the Chachamim said in the Gemara Barachot. It says in the Gemara Barachot. Um, the crowding at public lectures are due to them. Meaning what? The crowding at public lectures means the confusion that happens when Torah lessons are being given over by those who are fitting. Um, that crowding, that confusion is all created from the evil within each and every person. Which are those evil forces that still remain from your sins. And those evil forces also want to nourish themselves from the, the Torah. Because we know the evil forces cannot exist unless without holiness. They can only exist with holiness. And their nourishment only comes from the excess of the Torah lessons. Meaning, meaning that which a person is listening to more than he needs to, and that which is too much for him to hear with his mind, and too, too, much, too great for his intellect and for his understanding. This is the aspect of the excess And it's from there that the evil forces receive their nourishment So the only reason Why these evil forces Which cause confusion in public lectures Are given nourishment Is because In this scenario when a person Speaks too much Or about something too high Or about something that he shouldn't have shared And in that scenario the evil forces Take that, take that listening Because the truth is it doesn't enter the ear of the listener and then what happens? They take that, uh, they take that, uh, those words of Torah that were excess, and they take it for their own nourishment. And what happens? They essentially cause this disruption disrupt- and this confusion. And these are the secrets of the Torah that are given over to the evil forces. As it's brought down, look in um, the Zohar Kadosh, the Tikkun Zohar, um, the Priyat Chaim Shachatzot, Perek Bet over there. Um, and many different places. Because the evil forces only receive their nourishment from the what? The Gazet Torah, the secrets of the Torah. Meaning, because if each and every person understood it and they were able to take it in, they, the evil forces won't receive nourishment. It will only be your brain receiving that nourishment, your soul. But if it's too big, then what happens? <laughs> the evil forces receive that nourishment because it's excess. Meaning, the only reason. Those, the, the evil forces are nourished off the secrets of the Torah because it's above the mind and the intellect of a person. Each and every person according to his understanding. Therefore, the wise, the wise man giving over the Asa needs to have a mastery. The master be said above who knows how to weigh his words properly. So that no person of the people listening should... Um, um, <clears throat> that, no, that um, every person who is there listening should not hear, should only hear what he is necessary to hear, and not those things which are above his intellect and his understanding. Those things that he shouldn't hear are those things which are not applicable to him. Um, so that um, we do not give the evil forces nourishment. So this person needs to have this quality, who's giving over a Torah lesson, needs to have the quality. That he ensures that each and every person in the audience listens to exactly what they need to hear and not more. Because if it's too much, then the evil forces receive nourishment during that time. Rabbeinu says, no, there's a subtle, subtle 
husk. There's a subtle evil force. Which is very close to holiness. That this evil force, this husk, this very fine husk, is able to nourish itself even from the body of the Torah in itself. Even if the Torah itself has no excess. The way to rectify that, when a person speaks and is talking about the Jewish salvation, about salvation of the Jewish people, that whenever we speak about Jewish salvation, the salvation of the Jewish people, then what happens? That fine husk flees. This is a secret, and this is what is hinted in the, in the Gemara Zavachim. Was brought over there in page one uh, one sixteen that the Chachamim saying the that Yitro came and left the Moshe Rabbeinu before the giving of the Torah because Yitro is that fine klipa who's very close to holiness who flees when he listens to the salvation of the Jewish people why because the only reason Yitro came to Moshe Rabbeinu was because he heard of the salvations that occur to the Jewish people. So when we speak about the miracles that God does for us, the salvations He does, then we're able to make that fine husk, which is very close to holiness, fall. And now it has no ability to nourish itself off the body of the Torah. Rabbeinu says the true tzaddik, he has great fear, great trembling, when he, when he gives over a Torah lesson. <laughs> to the point where it's greater than the fear of Rosh Hashanah, which is the day of judgment, and Yom Kippurim, the day of Yom Kippur, the, the, the holy day of the year of the Jewish people. Rabbeinu says that Sadiq, when he gives over a Torah lesson, it is a time of great fear. In fact, we know with Rabbeinu's Torah, when Rabbeinu used to give a lesson, Rabbi Nachman used to give a lesson, all the students used to, it used to be considered Yom Kippur Katan. They used to fast. They used to do vidui before the lesson. Rabbanu used to go for a few hours in his room and engage in tikkun neshamot before he gave the lesson. And he used to take all the neshamot and implant them. All the neshamot that were, were there to listen to the lesson. And in the future, Rabbanu says, all the neshamot that were come to open up the lesson, all those souls, he put them inside the lesson. And in, he engrave the lesson with the letters of those souls that are rooted in the Torah of the Jewish people. It's a very deep inyan. But nonetheless, we see that Rabbeinu, before he gave a Torah lesson, he said that there's a few things whenever I feel I'm about to expire. Rabbeinu said there's a few things when I feel I'm about to leave this world. And one of them is right before I give a Torah lesson. Rabbeinu, many, many times before he used to give a Torah lesson, just like before he used to do Kiddush on Friday night, Rabbeinu said, um, and no, Rabbi Nathan writes in Chayim Oran that Rabbeinu, before he used to give, do Kiddush or give a Torah lesson, he used to groan and, and um, sigh very much for even hours at a time before the lesson. Because for the first word, Rabbeinu said, upon the first word that enters my mouth, I feel like my soul is about to leave. So we see here there's, there's a lot going on when a tzaddik gives a Torah lesson. When, especially if we share Torah, we have to be very careful not to share too much. Also, not to share too little, but that it's the right amount. And we have to pray for this very, very much. We have to beg Hashem that He gives us the ability to discern how much to, to share and not to share. Because Hashem, we have the merit to do so.